up? Welcome to OK These Presents, the Doctor Strange spoiler cast. My name's Blessing. Joining me, we got Frankie, aka Big Bad Beluga. What's up, Frankie? Hello, hello. How are you this evening? I am I'm somewhat tired, but I'm feeling good because I just saw Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is pretty great. Yeah, we both we both watched it together, and it seems we both enjoyed it, right? Yes. What what are your impressions right off the bat? Impressions right off the bat. It seems like an average MCU movie. Okay. Where there are the highs of the MCU, being like the Winter Soldiers and the first Avengers film, and then there are the lows of the MCU, such as The Incredible Hulk and the original Thor film and Iron Man 2. This is somewhere right in the middle Okay. of all of them, ranging from the phenomenal to the not-so-great. Okay. Shout out to my fridge. <laughs> uh, if you can't tell, uh, we are using different recording equipment. I'm actually at Frank's place. Uh, we're using Frank's microphone, using one microphone, and we're doing like a good like area kind of thing going on. And so you might hear things in the background, like a fridge turning on, uh, or a girl coming in the the apartment, um, or the girls living next door, or the girls living living next door, or a car outside, or a car outside. Right off the bat, my impressions. Are kind of different. I, I really liked it actually. I I thought uh, I I tweeted out uh, that Doctor Strange to me is better than Guardians of the Galaxy, which is better than Ant Man. Now, granted, I'm not a big fan of either Guardians of the Galaxy or Ant Man. I don't think they're bad, but I don't think they're necessarily like great. I think they're pretty average to, to me. Uh, I think as far as how I'd rank. Um, Doctor Strange, like to me, it's in. I haven't really thought about it, so I I might have to like get a pencil and paper and break it down. But I tweeted out that it's like probably my top six Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe films. Uh, Winter Soldier is up there for me. I actually really did like Iron Man 2. I think I, I liked Iron Man 2 better, better than I like 3 and 1, which a lot of people like think I'm crazy for. I think it's definitely better than 3, and I think I can make that argument because I thought 3 was bad. And I think a lot of people didn't really like 3 that much. Uh, I think people love 1 uh, as far as the Iron Man's, which is understandable. Uh, but... As far as Doctor Strange, I really, really enjoyed Doctor Strange. I think it had a uh, few flaws. I think it did have some flaws. Uh, but, like, n- none of the flaws that Doctor Strange had um, are flaws that other Marvel movies don't have. And so, like, I was telling you on the way back here that one of my biggest flaws, um, or maybe not one of my biggest flaws, but one of my flaws was the comedic timing. And, I mean, it's, it's a flaw and it's not a flaw because the... The, the comedy in the in the Marvel movies, to me, are well done. Like, I still find them funny, even though I feel like throughout time, they haven't really changed the comedy. Um, it's always kind of the same thing of, we're in a world that's kind of weird, and Doctor Some would Str- say the world is pretty strange. Yeah, the, the world is strange. And Doctor Strange is doing these strange things, and he's doing magic and all this stuff. But then, like, he's back at the... By the way, this is a spoiler cast... I'm going to have it in the title when I put it up. Rigan, but, uh, spoiler Beast. Yeah, spoiler... Okay, spoilers. Or spoiler Beast. Spoilers, okay. Spoilers, okay. Oh, I like that one. Spoilers, okay. Um, But yeah, like, Doctor Strange is over here doing the magic, and all of a sudden he's in this, in this hospital. And, like, there's this weird dichotomy of him doing this mystic stuff and him being in, like, this kind of normal kind of environment. And then you get, like, the comedic, beat, comedic beats within that of, like, this clash between, like okay, well, this is normal life, and then there's, there's this really weird stuff going on. When that interacts, there's, like, this 
there's the, there are these funny moments that happen. And that happens with almost every... Well, not even almost. Probably every single Marvel movie. Um, and it's a love-hate thing for me because when they do that stuff, it is funny because, like, it's always kind of... It's, it, it makes sense, right? In in this world that, like, when these things clash, it's like, oh, that's not right. That's not right. That's not how that's supposed to be. But at the same time, they've been doing that kind of same comedy um, after movie after movie after movie. Um, and so that was one of my things. Uh, I forgot. What was the other thing? Do you remember the other thing I told you? It was, like, one other thing that bugged me a little bit. Um, I can't think of what it, what it is. But overall, like, overall, I still, I, I mean, I liked it. Uh, actually, I really liked that. I shouldn't even say I, I just liked it because actually, I I really liked it. Um, specifically, the things I I liked were the effects. Um, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Easily one of the most visually appealing movies to watch to come out maybe this year. Yeah. No. Since they're not really on the scale of like taking natural shots and making them look pretty. But the fact that it's so batshit crazy, mm-hmm. all this stuff going on, that trying to make that visually appealing and a- making that aware, or making the viewer aware mm-hmm. of what's going on and how crazy things are, is going to make it weird. I think I told you on the way here, this is the closest thing to a platinum game that we are ever going to get in visual media. Mm-hmm. In a movie, because towards the middle sequence, uh, when Sherlock is facing off against Hannibal, there is a Tilda Swinton shows up and then creates essentially a boss stage. Yeah, pretty much. Basically the intro of the Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Sets this arena for them to actually have a battle in this world between dimensions. Mm -hmm. And it just goes into like this cool boss fight sequence like that is super video gamey like i'm pretty sh- the sheer the sheer design of new york in that action sequence reminds me of lots of the fractured spaces in the dmc devil may cry game yeah and i was i was actually thinking mm. of this when i was watching the movie i was like man this is like really anime-ish like, yeah, it was it was super animated. Yeah, which is what I, what I really liked about the movie, like the fighting stuff. I liked the fighting in this movie because it was really different uh, from what you get in your regular MCU film. Because this in this one, magic was involved, uh, different dimensions were involved, uh, and just stuff you weren't expecting. Like you didn't know what was going to happen in a fight because, like, literally they could just do anything they wanted because the world uh, they built here is a world of infinite possibilities, and so given those infinite possibilities. Um, that means you kind of don't know what to expect, uh, which is what I really enjoyed. So like when they when when they're doing things like like this wasn't even a fight, but when uh the the ancient one like when she like hits uh Benedict Cumberbatch's chest, and I, I don't know why for some reason I'm calling Benedict Cumberbatch because I can't remember his name, but his name is Doctor Strange. Yes, yeah, which is like most Doctor, obvious name. Doctor Stephen Strange. Doctor Stephen Strange. I'll probably still call him Sherlock, and I'll probably still call Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> Hannibal, like she, because I don't actually remember what what was the villain name that he uh, was given. Which one? Like the Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know who that is. But it was Casillas or something like that. Casillas, Casillas. I feel like it was Casillas. Shout out to the internet. Yeah, so let's shout continue. Out to the internet. Uh, but yeah, she hits his chest, and then like he flies out of his body, and and you're like, wow, that came out of nowhere. 
or there's parts there's part where he they do like the circle movement and for the first time you see kind of like that interdimensional uh portal open i forgot what it was called um and and you're like oh man that's weird that didn't they did i didn't see that coming and that happens over and over and over again with this movie um where they're just like pulling different things and especially like the the craziest part of this movie which i probably think most people will agree where like the ancient one is first introducing doctor strange to like the her the crazy powers that they have which feel kind of what kind of quaint but i get i guess i guess they kind of had to move through that quickly so they can get through the rest, rest of the movie it's a really short movie it's, it's under yeah. two hours hardly yeah. any film in the mcu manages to squeeze in under two hours yeah and they did a lot uh, under that two hours um but yeah she like introduces him to this magic and then like kind of puts him on an acid trip for like a good few minutes and the audience is just and like the audience watching. also goes on this trip with him yeah and it's just like this crazy thing after crazy thing where like he has like his hands and he has hands growing out of his fingers and out of the fingers on the hand more hands are growing um and then it's just like this weird trippy stuff uh that that was really cool and from there i feel like the movie just kept like throwing different stuff at you it never threw as much at, at you as it did that in that moment but um i feel like it paced itself very well like, there's never a point in the movie where I was like, oh, man, this is boring. Like, the whole movie, I felt like, was pretty... Yeah, the pacing was phenomenal, yeah. actually. It, it keeps you there, like, the entire time. Rather than... There were some slow moments in some of the other MCU movies. Uh, Captain America has... Well, the original Captain America has these slow moments through, like, the first chunk and then towards the end of the second act. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Man 3 is one really bad... Yeah. <laughs> plotted film mm-hmm. which is probably it is marginally better than The Incredible Hulk I mean The Incredible like, Hulk doesn't even count because I don't even think like that was like it, Sony right they did that one it was a I forget what com- I think it was 20th Century Fox oh yeah I think that's yeah I yeah. think that was right yeah and like I mean it's not even the same Hulk anymore and so yeah I kind of forget that one exists you know, I didn't. I that one I still like better than than um, Iron Man three, and a lot, and like a few of the and like the Thor movies. I don't really like the Thor movies that much. That much. Um, Incredible Hulk, I thought was alright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, did you have anything that um, you specifically liked a lot about this movie, or that you disliked a lot? What I like the most about it is how easily the direction, because since. Cinematically, it is the most different film of any of the MCU movies. While Thor, well, specifically the original Thor, and there's some moments of it in the Dark World, have this super high, like, fantasy setting. And they play it off as sci-fi, essentially, Mm -hmm. running through all these high-tech areas. But the direction is still very plain, Mm. While in this film, the director and all the effects artists clearly had a lot of fun Mm. making sure that it's super reminiscent of the comics, which the original Doctor Strange comics are also just as weird looking, where you it's hard to keep track of what is reality since they were it was a real like showcase of the seventies or psychedelic art. And how the comic was designed like that, so it translated very nicely to the screen in having all these really sort of spooky, spooky, trippy effects that are, they're meant to play with you. Very psychedelic. Mm. Just like the, 
quantum zone or the negative zone in Ant-Man, which I think might be one of the dimensions they flew through at one point during the film. I mean, they flew through so many dimensions that I kind of lost track of what was real and what wasn't, so... I mean... Yeah, dude, like, the the stuff they did with with kind of breaking the universe in this movie, I really thought was cool. Um, in a way where, like, we up to this point, they've kind of explained everything in the MCU um, through science or through loose magic. Like, when you, when you see... Um, uh, Scarlet Witch, um, uh, the other Olsen twin. I guess she's not a twin. The Elizabeth other Olsen, Olsen sister. Yeah. When you see her, right, like, you can't really... They didn't really explain her and, like, where her powers really came from. They kind of explained it through, like, experimentation. They said that it's, she's, like, psychic. So yeah. she can make these things with her mind. Yeah. And so, like, the further we get into the MCU, the more and more kind of weird things become. But now with this movie, they've kind of just broken the, the universe and we're like, hey, okay, well... Now everything's possible uh, because we we've gotten to a point where we introduced this guy who <clears throat> who can essentially like almost do whatever he wants. Like in the post credit scene, he's like filling up Thor's uh, glass of beer. Thor's in this movie, by the way. Oh yeah, Thor's in this movie. I mean, if you watch, this is spoiler cast, so if you mm-hmm. watched it, you know. Uh, and yeah, like. Now, I, f- I feel like now they've opened up the universe in a way where they can kind of do whatever they want, which I'm kind of excited for. Uh, I'm interested to see what the implications are for future movies and see how Doctor Strange plays into Avengers or uh, Thor Ragnarok or whatever other movie he may be in. Um, yeah, I mean, I, re- I, I, really, I really enjoyed it. And so, uh, do we have any other thoughts? I am... Um... Was it Christine Palmer, the doctor? Oh yeah, is possibly the most well-written female character in the entirety of the MCU. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. I was was even even probably more than like Lady Sif, or even like Pepper Mm -hmm. in some of the Iron Man sequences, because like at some point within all of those films, even uh, Lady Sif, who is the Norse like goddess of war essentially has some point where it's just sort of like a romantic interest Mm -hmm. at no point it was a super realistic romance where she's is a caring friend Mm -hmm. and there hasn't been a female character really that has played just that but they had like a romantic moment though they had a romantic moment but it came off the fact that She's not just, like, giving in to it. Mm -hmm. She is still, like, a doctor first and foremost. And having been berated and supportive through the whole thing, she's still there. It's like, hey, I care about you, but not quite like that. Which is a moment that you don't really get in the other superhero films. Because that's, like, the way to top it off. It's like, alright, they have... Like, with Iron Man. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I am billionaire, super intelligent. I have this suit of armor that makes me a god, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I also have Gwyneth Paltrow. Cool. Doesn't have an Iron Man 3, or at least not towards the end. Uh, and whatever happened with their relationship ended off screen. Hmm. This yeah. is one that you get to see... Mostly in its fruition. You know their history in the past, 
but that is only hinted at since they are now basically friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, I, I, I wish they didn't really have any of the romantic stuff at all. I feel like that would have made her character strong to me because I, I really did like uh, that character's role of being the one, uh, being like his one friend and also being the one they came back to when there was trouble and then her also being kind of like taking the role of the audience almost and being the one who's still in this reality of she's still in this normal world but then you take these weird people and then introduce them to her and she's like, what the heck? Uh, I like that role for her in the movie, and she, I think she did a gr- I think she did a great job with that stuff. Uh, in fact, like I feel like the romantic stuff were kind of was kind of there just for, just so it could be there. Uh, I was thinking like after this movie, I was thinking like, man, could could they just make a movie without a, a romantic uh, interest? Is that even, is that possible? Uh, not only, not only in this movie, but in movies in general, or is that kind of mm-hmm. a thing that has to happen? Um, my guess is it's probably a thing that has to happen probably rounds out all movies I guess because it's this thing that happens in every movie but I feel like this character could have just been uh, a friend or could have just been like a co-worker and it still would have had the same impact um, as it would have if she if she as she is in this movie because right now she's kind of a romantic interest kind of not um, it's complicated on Facebook I guess yeah. but um, either way, I, I, did, I yeah, I did like her character. I still think like Peggy Carter to me is still like the best. Peggy Carter, you is... know, I didn't like Captain America one. And I don't yeah. remember that movie at all, and so I don't know. I can't remember her role in that movie, but I remember her role in every other movie in the show. What I enjoyed about uh, was Rachel McAdams character specifically is how regardless of the events occurring, she was always competent. Mm-hmm. Where they always seem to like write their female characters into this point where the relationship aspect of it always has them fail at some point mm-hmm. where with even with like black widow where her involvement with uh bruce banner has led her to fault at some points with uh ultron in the sequel in avengers 2 mm-hmm. there is jane foster where her desire for not necessarily just for your desire for Thor, but just also led the general, like, moments where being relation, well, being, like, forced into, like, love situations and putting that ahead of them and that being the fault. That is something that the writers in the MCU always seem to fall back on Mm -hmm. at one point just to have basically the final conflict lead to something. It's like, oh, you have to face off against the big bad and you also have to protect, like, this woman, mm-hmm. essentially. And in this film, they didn't have to play with that. Mm-hmm. Where she was there, and intelligently, both she stayed out of it, and at no point did they ever have to say, oh, she screwed up. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, do we have any thoughts on... Uh, I forgot his name. The black dude. The kind of started Should off. Should we tell Ejai for or Baron Mordo? I don't know. I don't know what any. I don't know what you just said. I believe his his <laughs> name. Well, the actor is Chuito Ejai for. Okay. Uh, the character is Baron Mordo, which is the the essentially the character in the uh, 
Doctor Strange comics. Okay. Huh. Where I... he is like the big bad, essentially. Really? Interesting. For Doctor Strange. Huh. Interesting. That stuff. That stuff's cool. Because I've never read the Doctor Strange comics, and I don't know Doctor Strange's story, um, except through this movie. And so, I thought, I, I thought like him, um, the Ancient One, Doctor Strange, like that whole kind of like mystic kind of group of people, whatever they're called. I thought that stuff was really fascinating, um, especially in this world. Um, I like. I like this movie because it's, it's kind of left field. Um, you kind of don't ex- you kind of don't expect the stuff to be going on in this world that you've kind of been engrossed in since Iron Man one, which came out in what two thousand seven two thousand eight, uh, and so like we we've been we've been familiar with this world for like eight years, and right when we feel like we know everything there is to know, they introduce us to like this secret mystic society, and they're over here bending physics and and making the world collapse on itself. Uh, and so, like, I thought, I, I I really thought that this, I really thought this whole movie was really cool for that stuff. And the, the one, the implications for the universe, um, and two, just being different. Uh, and I feel like it's a, it's a breath of fresh air uh, in many ways. And so, yeah, I mean, is there anything, is there anything we're missing as far as covering? We could talk about, like... With Baron Mordo specifically, they mm-hmm. sort of changed his origin... Okay. To his origin essentially is what Calisius or just Mads Mikkelsen was in this film, mm-hmm. uh, where he is originally one of the people that trained under the Ancient One, along with Stephen Strange, uh, where they were training at. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening is that he sought the dark energies, and began to channel Dormammu. In order to become more of a powerful sorcerer. Hmm. So they put that onto this random villain, essentially, so that they could have a more interesting story with Baron Mordo. Interesting. I want, actually, I, I, want, I want to ask you, like, what are your thoughts on Dormammu and the um, resolution with that stuff? The implications of having Dormammu in the film is interesting. Because Dormammu is also one of the big, just, Marvel bads. Mm -hmm. Like, he is up there with Thanos and... And Venom. Yeah, Venom. (laughs) Thanos and Venom. Thanos, Venom, and Mysterio. Yeah. He's up there with, Mm -hmm. like, all the different rogues. Even, like, Death Mm. at some point. And... He's here, and he's vaguely reminiscent of Ultron in the second... Oh, no, not Ultron. Uh, Galactus in the second a Fantastic Four film, where he seemingly just begins as, like, this amorphous blob. Mm-hmm. And then he takes shape, and you see just his face. Which is strange, because Dormammu is usually depicted as something of a person... But, yeah, you only ever see his face, and he is huge. Yeah. Because they sort of portray him as he is the Dark Dimension. That is Dormammu, or he is a force within it. Mm -hmm. So he's just this giant thing. And 
the implications of having Doctor Strange make a bargain with him mm. is more seemingly strange because that bargain can easily be broken. And seeing as all the words that they've been saying about what is going to happen in Avengers Infinity War and how there's going to be a dimensional rift essentially created once the Infinity Gauntlet is put together. So what I've been thinking just since after watching this is that Thanos is probably going to be the big bad of the first one. Josh Brolin is going to be in there. He's going to be ruling shit. And then he's going to literally punch a hole in reality. Mm -hmm. And that will then channel Dormammu to come out. And Dormammu is probably going to kill Thanos. And then Dormammu will be like the big bad for the second Avengers film. Hmm. I don't know if I buy, if, I don't know if I buy it. Only because... I feel like if that if that was the case, then I feel like the way they introduced Dormammu in this film was kind of weak, um, and I feel like it wouldn't be like a good opening for Dormammu if Dormammu was going to be like the future like big bad over Thanos. Then I feel like they would have teased it more and they would have made it a lot more mysterious instead of like showing him uh, now because they because like in this movie they basically already showed him um, and they've showed him being quote unquote defeated in a way. Um, and I feel like that's almost, it's almost, I don't know if it'd, it'd be good writing to like do that and then come back and be like, oh no, he's going to be like the big, like ultra bad guy, um, even more than Thanos. I am interested to see what this movie means for Avengers, um, Infinity War. And if, if they reference Dormammu, if Dormammu comes back in any significant, yeah, significant way, um, because, I don't know, I feel like it'd be weird for them to take focus off of Thanos after building him up for seemingly, like, what, eight, six, eight to six years, or six to eight years, uh, or since the first Avengers. I feel like to build him up and then do, like, a bait and switch and be like, oh, no, now this is, like, the it's big like, bad nah, guy. fam, it's this no, guy. And I'd be like, I feel like a lot of people would be like, would feel like that's kind of mean. Be like, oh, well, I, I, I waited, like, eight years for this. Um... And so that's why I think Thanos is probably going to still be, like, the big, big dude. And once they defeat him, maybe they'll tease, like, Galactus or... I guess Galact is Galactus just I don't a know if, Fantastic Four guy? I don't know if Marvel is, or if Disney is allowed to use yeah. Galactus I barely based off of Gal licensing things. Yeah. I barely even know who Galactus, Galactus is. They'll tease Venom and be like, yeah. because yeah. Galact Galactus is also one of those, like, god-tier villains. Yeah. Along well, with, like, Dormammu. Although it's it's possible that they might use Dormammu more in the the Doctor Strange not in the Doctor Strange film series but in the Netflix series hmm. because they also have their qualms with Dormammu as well. In which one? Uh, Daredevil specifically. Did they mention Dormammu? No. Okay. But it seems that they might go that way with Iron Fist being more of a mystic character. Okay, I can see that then. Uh, I as far as the resolution uh, that they uh, the way they they resolve the Dormammu situation with like him, him coming to bargain and then messing with time so that it'll loop over and over again I thought that stuff was really cool and really smart um, I mean it's weird because I feel like if I thought if I thought hard about it then I could break it 
in like a million different ways and like oh wait that doesn't make sense because of this 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 and this Mm -hmm. but the universe is such in the film that i feel like it wouldn't be worth it uh i feel like the the movie has done enough to be like this stuff is beyond the mind of regular thinking people uh that i guess if i do try and think about and try and break it down it kind of wouldn't make sense within the lore of the movie, and that's kind of that's kind of how they get get away with it. Um, I thought it was I thought it was a really cool idea though um, to mess with the idea of time and space because I feel like that stuff is very is very dangerous to play around with because it's very easily um, spotted out as inaccurate or and sort of a cop out in some situations yeah I was gonna say like a deus ex machina or something like that or even in this film it's not necessarily a cop out because of the way it was introduced Mm -hmm. earlier in the film Uh, the way that playing with time and space is the solution Mm -hmm. and theoretically with what can happen with the infinity gauntlet having that happen Playing with time and space might be the only real solution to it. And Doctor Strange is currently the only hero in the MCU that can play with time and space. Since there is no, like, Doctor Manhattan character to show up. Mm. Other than maybe Vision. Although, in order to complete the Infinity Gauntlet, Vision has to die. I'm very interested to see how how much this this series uh or how much the mcu turns into an anime because if the avengers infinity war or whatever they're calling it because they're not calling it infinity war anymore if the next avengers movie has doctor strange vision ant-man becoming a giant like spider-man um and now I'm just naming random heroes but if it has like a like these crazy powerful heroes specifically vision and doctor strange I guess. Um, and Thor, actually, because he, he's in there, too. And Scarlet Witch, I guess. Um, if it has, like, these super powerful, powerful heroes, uh, how does it become... How does it stop from becoming um, an anime? I can't remember what, what the last movie was or show was that I watched where it was kind of that. Um, there was one I saw recently. Uh, I can't remember what it was. What was the last big superhero movie that came out? The last big superhero movie that came out would be Suicide Squad. Batman v Superman. I think Batman v Superman was pretty up there. Yeah. Because it was a bunch of just super like... Superpowered people. Superpowered people jumping around the city. Yeah. With... That was like meaningless. And I think that's, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Like I don't want um, the MCU to resort to like just people... Just, Oh, I'm super powerful. Oh, you're super powerful. I don't oh, want to like blast I, each other. I don't want a live action Advent Children. Yeah, because I I, I love anime, uh, but the the problem with anime is that anime usually ends up somewhere ridiculous by the end of the series. Yeah. To where like now everybody now I'm I was the most most powerful being in season one, but then they added another most powerful being, and then I beat him and become the most powerful being, and now oh no, there's a new most powerful being, and now it just resorts to us as just blasting each other with beams for five episodes. And seeing who can like win this tug of war of beam blasting, and I, I kind of don't want that to be like. Vision there was, there was almost some of that in this movie. Yeah. With Dormammu just sort of blasting down Doctor Strange. Yeah, but, but he didn't really like fight back. Yeah, Doctor Strange didn't really fight back. Like, and that's what I really liked about Dormammu because Dormammu was like an anime villain in this movie. Yeah, like, Dormammu. He's just all Dormammu powerful. in the comics is sort of an anime villain. Yeah. 
And it's amazing because Dormammu's just like, oh, you're here? Let me just, like, blast you with a giant beam and kill you. Oh, you're here again? Let me just put spice through you. And, like, he has ultimate control, ultimate power, and just just murdering this guy in, in the, with the most ease imaginable. Um, and I think I, I, that stuff's really cool when it's, when it's one-sided. But when it's, like, both people have that ultimate power and then it becomes, like... It, be- it becomes repetitive and circular in a way that's not as entertaining, especially for something like this. And in anime, it's somewhat entertaining because you're kind of like... It, anime's kind of earned that after a while, um, especially after how many ever how many whatever seasons an anime might be um, in the style of cartoon that it is. But with, like, Avengers, I hope it doesn't... I mean, I, I assume it won't come down to that, but I wonder how they're going to keep from coming out to that when they have... Doctor Strange and Vision and um, these people that are starting to be super powerful. I also sort of really enjoyed this film because it felt like the first step forward in Phase 3 mm-hmm. where with Phase 3 really began with Civil War and that's when they set the film like alright, all the heroes are divided. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is like separated we are on this flat plane of having, like, basically two different Avengers teams uh, where you have, like, the secret Avengers mm-hmm. and you have the actual Avengers that are in jail. Mm-hmm. And that's how they set the scene. They also hinted at where this film took place in the time, where in the... When Doctor Strange was driving away in his Lambo... When they reference, oh, we have a 38-year-old with a spinal injury in, the like, a suit of armor. I'm like, oh, hey, that is War Machine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's when this takes place. This takes place, like, somewhere in the middle of what occurred in Civil War. Yeah. Or probably like, during the same time as the yeah. movie. Although, it, seemingly, he's gone for a while yeah so it could yeah also yeah so time could have progressed so this could be a year or two into whatever occurred yeah although it's not the film isn't very clear for how long he was away training i imagine it could have even been maybe like six months because like I, i feel like the avengers movies try to keep up with actual time as as much as they can because it is difficult to keep a separate timeline across this large series of movies. Mm-hmm. And so I assume that whatever a new, a new Marvel movie takes place, I assume it's taking place the same time that it released in real life because that's the easiest. Like, um, it's, it's, for it to be taking place during Civil War is an easy easy jump to make. Um, and, it's reasonable, and it's reasonable because they kind of make reference to it. I assume the movie ends, though, somewhere probably around... Somewhere between the time... Well, somewhere between when Civil War came out and between the next Thor movie. Yeah. You know, and I guess that's the, I guess that's the easiest way to kind of put it. Well, the first ending and credit sequence is theoretically somewhere in, like, the middle of Ragnarok. Because mm-hmm. they're making reference to the sort of buddy cop film that yeah. the next one's going to be. Yeah. Because it's, like, a three-person adventure with Thor, Loki, and Hulk. Yeah. Because it's going to be a bit of Ragnarok and Planet Hulk. Yeah. But then also, like, we don't know how far along that ending sequence is. So, like, the ending sequence could be, like, a year after the movie. After this film actually takes place. Mm-hmm. But also, it also doesn't really matter that much. 
uh, to the movie because I they I think they keep that stuff cryptic on purpose, just so we don't we don't think about it. Um, but yeah. And then also the implications of the second ending sequence, which is more establishing a sequel to Doctor Strange, which will mean that he will likely be facing off against Baron Mordo, mm-hmm. the actual big bad in the universe. Well, for Doctor Strange yeah. at least. I don't know how I don't know how I like his character progression so far. Because... I I like Chu Toija for as an actor. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, so I like how he can play that, this sort of just like duality of being this good guy in the beginning, but being, he's sort of like, like a super conservative Republican, a very Christian man, Mm -hmm. because he has his rules and he sticks to them. And then when he finds out that his God, essentially, because the ancient one is a God, Mm-hmm. Ancient One is mortal. The Ancient One's probably still alive, even though she's currently dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, ha- having that broken for him, and then becoming this broken man, essentially, having to find his own new thing to follow, which is, although like good in his eyes, is still kind of like villainous. Because he's going through, and theoretically now, he's going and killing sorcerers. Hmm. Or at least taking away their powers. I think that... Well, my thing is, I think that stuff's cool. But also, I feel like he... I, I liked his acting, and um, I, liked his, I liked his character a lot through the first, like, two-thirds of the movie. But then, like, yeah, after he found out his god was doing... Was, or the Ancient One was, like pulling in power from dark from the dark magic or whatever it's called uh dark sources Mm -hmm. uh and after after he turned evil uh in the post credit scene i feel like that i feel like it came out almost out of nowhere like you you can kind of see like oh you can you can make the leap but it's a pretty big one yeah like it's out of it's it it they didn't do enough with uh easing us into that uh it's almost like like it's almost like me, like uh, me being Christian, and and then me all of a sudden being like, okay, well, I don't think God exists. Let me go murder a man. You know, it's all it's it's very it, it's. I I understand where they, what they're going. Historically, for. that's been the leap to logic. I mean, yeah, but it doesn't happen the next day though. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it, I don't know. I just I, I it didn't convince me um, as much as everything else in the film convinced me. Uh, but that being said, I I. I it, they did enough to where I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll make that leap and I'll accept it because I know I know you're going that direction anyway, mm-hmm. and so I'm fine with it. Um, but I wish I wish in the future they like kind of do more to convince me like, oh yeah, this guy is gradually falling into the deep end rather than all of a sudden he loses faith in this thing, then all of a sudden he like goes full evil rather than. Let's, let me let me mess with the spectrum a bit and let me like uh, gradually fall into this deep. Gradually world. become a villain as yeah. to falling into it. Yeah. Uh, also, quickly want to go back and make a quick correction. Dormammu, while being a villain present in Daredevil, the main villain is Mephisto, who is <laughs> essentially the MCU's devil. Like oh, he is cool. actually the devil. Although the actual devil is also in. 
the Marvel Universe. Mephisto is like his second-hand man. Hmm. So he does more of the devil stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Which would be a cool villain for the Netflix universe and would play in more to the religious aspects of Daredevil as a character. Dude, I was so mad during the post credit scene because for a second I thought it was Luke Cage with the hood on. I was like, I was like, is that Luke Cage? Luke, Luke Cage. I was like, what is Luke Cage doing at the end of this film? And then Sweet it Christmas. Out. They've made the comp. They've made yeah. the jump. I was like, is that because what it, it was? It was a black guy with a hood on. Yeah, but it wasn't Luke Cage, which kind of like maybe a set. I was like, me. I was like, you. America has trained me to assume when I see a black guy. I have a limited amount of choices of who who that can be. It's like, all right, this is Chadwick Boseman. This is Chewie Toijai Four. This <laughs> is Idris Elba, or it's Donald Glover. Yeah, I was like, I know one other black guy with a hood on in the Marvel universe, and his name was Luke Cage. It's not, it's not um, the Ancient One follower, or whatever his name is, Baron. What's Baron Mordo. Baron Mordo, which man. It's I also guess. not Black Panther because he's busy being king of Wakanda. Yeah. It could have been him. It could have been him. I don't know why he would have been in this film. That would have been a cool reveal if he was at the, in the post credit scene. Well, Black Panther is kind of magical. Although they really built him up in the MCU once again to be more of a tech thing. It's like, oh, yeah. I get these powers from the suit. But you get the power of Black Panther by worshipping an elder like panther god mm-hmm. like a old wakandan panther god which then imbues him with the powers of being a superhuman hmm. all right well is that all we have to cover yeah yeah because i gotta go to sleep i'm tired bro i have to Boy. do stuff sweet cool and so thank you so much for listening to the okay beast presents dr strange spoiler cast uh, we hope that you stick with us. Um, remember that next week you will find the OK Beast podcast um, on the OK Beast iTunes. I'm just saying things. I'm not even. I'm not even doing a good like outro at this point. I'm just like saying information, and hoping that it's accurate. I'm probably gonna edit this part out. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next episode.